everybody, and welcome back to another bonus episode. I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and uh, I'm just going to dive right in and talk about the three things you need, the three essentials you need for the career outcomes that you want. Now, it's it's funny because um, everybody's kind of in the same boat with their career, right? Um, everybody has a current situation, that right? That, that's where you're at. Everybody has kind of the desired outcome or the desired situation, you know, the place you want to end up at, you know, whether it's better pay, it's a better job situation, you know, you want to uh, better, more recognition at work. I mean, whatever, right? Sometimes it's just, you, you just want a little bit more of something in your current situation. Sometimes you want a completely different situation, but whatever it is, you want something, right? There's something, right? And then there's usually some hurdle that you have to get through in order to get it right. Um, you know, maybe you, your boss just needs to recognize what you bring to the table. Sometimes it's, you know, you, you need uh, relationship at the company you want to get a job at. Sometimes you don't really know what you need, right? And so maybe your big hurdle is just figuring that out. And then your next big hurdle is getting it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to talk about the three essentials that are going to open those doors for you, right? Uh, the, the things that are going to get you those those that that outcome, right? That that thing that you want, because ultimately at the end of the day, there are three things that will get you that, right? And, you know, they're kind of broad categories, obviously, because we're talking about a broad outcome, right? It's a thing, right? I, I couldn't really define it much better than that. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, once you can kind of get the broad strokes on that, then you can start sitting down and say, okay, what specific, you know, things fall into these essentials, right? And I'm just going to throw them at you right up front, and then we'll talk about a little bit better how to figure out what they are and kind of define them for you. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates, and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev Heroes aren't just people who devs admire, they're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. The three things up front, the three essentials for getting the desired situation or desired outcome in your career, right? So be it a promotion, a raise, better job, whatever, right? For for new folks, a lot of times I talk to them and it's their first job, right? Um, Our skills, and we'll dive into that in a minute because there are three types of skills. So hang tight and we'll talk about what what the three types of skills are that you need to get that outcome. But it's skills, relationships, and recognition, okay? Skills, relationships, recognition, okay? I wanted to make it RSS because it's podcast, but it's SRR, it's backward, (laughs) whatever, right? Skills, relationships, and recognition, okay? And and the skills are kind of obvious, right? So, you know, you want to raise, you you become a better React or Ruby or JavaScript or .NET or whatever programmer, right? It, it, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? 
if if I want to get paid more to write Ruby, I better write more better Ruby, right? I mean, you know, if I'm contributing at a higher level to Ruby or to the Ruby code that's being written at work, then theoretically I'm going to get paid more, right? It's, it's kind of a, a no-brainer. You know, if I'm writing better React or I'm solving bigger, better React problems, right? I'm going to get paid more to write React. But there's more to it than that, right? And I told you that. There are three types of problems that, that you need to be able to solve or three skills, types of skills that you need to have in order to get what you want. Now, the, the technical skills are kind of the obvious ones, right? And so you see all these programs out there that help you with these skills, right? So you've got the Thinksters, right? Which is run by my friend Joe Eames. And you should definitely check it out, thinkster.io. Um, you've got Pluralsight. You've got egghead.io. You've got, funny, I'm, I'm picking all these local companies, right? They're all, those three are based in Utah. Um, Udemy. Um, you've got, I mean, all kinds of, you know, there are a ton of them out there, right? And it's, hey, learn this new technical skill, right? And so you go pick up Docker, you go pick up, um, you know, whatever, right? Uh, Webpack, you know, I'm going to go learn Webpack. I'm going to Webpack the crap out of this thing, right? And so you go Webpack it, and then you Webpack it in Docker, and then you Webpack Docker into Kubernetes, into AWS, into, right? And so, you, you solve the world's problems, you know, with, with all the buzzwords, right? And, and you have all these technical skills and you can solve a lot of technical problems, right? And if you can solve enough of the technical problems, then yeah, you know, you, you might get recognized within the company. Recognition is one of those things, right? That, that once you get recognized for your technical skills, then you've hit two of those, right? And, and that may be enough to get you the outcome you want, right? And, you know, that's important, right? So you, you have these technical skills um, or job skills or whatever you want to call them that are going to help you get down that road to get that outcome you want, right? And, and, and they're important, right? Because ultimately, that's usually the kind of work that they're initially hiring you for, right? And so if you can't do that, that's kind of a baseline level, right? If they're hiring you to write Ruby on Rails and you cannot write Ruby on Rails, they are not going to hire you, right? And so if you can't do some baseline level of technical stuff, then you're out of luck, right? You're just out of luck. And they usually like to have a few experts around, right, that can kick some code this way or that way to solve some of these issues, right? And, and you know, that can help the team along and make some of these decisions so you don't paint yourself into dead ends. And so having some of these skills is really going to make a big difference in getting you down the road, right? So the technical skills and leveling up those technical skills is going to be important to getting you down the road. And this is probably the most obvious thing that people go chase. The problem that I see though, is that I see people go and they go and chase these technical skills and then they don't get the outcome they want, right? They don't actually, you know, it's like, well, I went and I took this Pluralsight course and I went, took the next one. I took the next one. I took the next one and I didn't get the raise. Or I took this Pluralsight course and that Pluralsight course and this Pluralsight course. And, and I feel like my outcome went up and I just got another job, but kind of the same level, right? And so it's not enough. It just, it's not, right? In fact, it was funny too, because, uh, 
Um, I saw a review of one of the podcast episodes that we did on React Roundup about being a top 5% developer. And uh, um, I, I talked a whole lot about doing content, right? And I was like, content, you know? And that, that speaks more to uh, relationships and recognition. And uh, the feedback was, it, it sounds like you, you have to be a content creator in, in order to get ahead. And my response is, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways you do because the relationships and the, the um, recognition really pull a lot of weight, right? Because they show people that you have these skills, right? If you just have the skills, you still have to show people you have the skills, right? And that, that's what a lot of this comes down to. So, so that, that really boils down to that. Now, in order to build those relationships, this is the second set of skills. You have to have people skills, right? You have to be able to work on a team. You have to be able to demonstrate what you're able to do with other people. And the other thing is, is if you level up all of these technical skills and you're not able to actually use them to push your team along and better your team and, and uh, you know, um, enhance the work of other people, then your skills are not as useful as the other person who can do that, right? And so if you, let's say you go out and you kind of buzzword your way through it, like I, I talk, talked about, right? And so you nail React and then you nail Webpack and then you nail Docker and then you nail Kubernetes and then you nail AWS, right? You see, you understand the whole tool chain, right? And you can go and solve all those problems, right? And you can't use those that to enhance what the guy sitting in the desk next to you does, right? You can't communicate with him or her to sit down and enhance the work that they're doing and fit what they're doing into what you're doing and coach them through what they're doing so that it fits in with what the company's trying to get done, then your work is not as valuable as if you could, okay? And if you can't help them understand how the whole system goes together, you can't help them understand what you've learned, you can't level them up in, in some ways more quickly than you leveled up, right? If you can't bring them along, if you can't get them to some level of competency rather quickly, then you're not as valuable as the person who can, right? The other thing is, is this speaks to relationships, right? Because all of a sudden, if you bring up three or four other people on your team to a level of competency that enhances the entire team, now you've got three or four people who recognize you as an expert. No, they're not your competition. They will recognize you as an expert because you have brought them along, right? You have answered their questions when they came up. You have been the expert every time that they have needed help. And all of a sudden, you've got relationships with these people who recognize the value that you bring, and they are going to solve some of these relationship problems for you, right? And then when you go talk to your boss about the raise, or you go talk to your boss's boss about the promotion, or any of these other things that we're talking about, these people are going to be the people that go vouch for you to get you what you want, right? Because you can say, well, I did coach Joe and Jane and Jim and Jennifer. And I don't know why I'm on J names. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, these, these are going to be the people that get you, you know, that, that go through and get you the recognition, right? Because you have the relationships that are going to get you where you want to go, okay? So, so these people skills are really going to matter. But the other thing is, 
is that the whole team is going to get recognition. You're going to make your boss look good, which is going to help your relationship with him or her. And that's going to make a major difference. And so all of this feeds back into itself, but it makes you way more valuable to your team if you can work out your people skills and make these kinds of contributions to your team. Now, it's not just that, right? So sometimes the people skills are pushback, right? So in my current full-time job, I we, we've been kind of going through this push, right? Where we're, we are pushing ahead. Um, the release is actually supposed to happen tomorrow. I'm talking to you guys instead of going over there and fixing crap. I'll be doing that probably, I don't even know how late tonight. But I wanted to make sure that this went out, okay? And uh, I pushed back. I pushed back a lot, right? Because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that we deliver a realistic um, deliverable on the time frame that they gave us, right? And so I pushed back. Now, there have been compromises, right? So some of the stuff they took out. Some of the stuff they took to the other team that works on the same app that we do. And they said, hey, can you help put some of this in, right? Which is a valid compromise, right? We said, hey, look, we don't think we can get all this work done. They said, that's fine. We'll have the other team do it, which is not what they really wanted to do. But, you know, by having the open communication and by telling them, hey, look, you know, this doesn't make sense. There were a couple of other things that they wanted. And by the time, you know, we were back around to communicating about it again, we just told them it was too risky, right? It was like, look, um, this is risky. It brings in some instability. You want to release here within the next four or five days, and it's just not worth it, right? So they dropped it. Um, and and that's fine. You know, we were respectful to each other. We were, you know, but at the end of the day, again, you know, I think I garnered a measure of respect by saying no, right? And so those are skills. Those are people skills. And, you know, I think I it, it works for me, right? And so these are the kinds of people skills, right? A lot of this is is leadership. A lot of this is, and I'm not the team lead. I, I mean, you know, my, my boss is the manager. The other guy's the project manager. They both report up the chain. I don't. I'm, you know, I'm just one of the developers. But at the end of the day, it's it's still leadership and it still goes, you know, toward these kinds of skills. And so you've got the people skills and you've got the... um the the technical skills and the other ones the organizational skills right and so it is you know we sat down and i've done this a couple of times on this particular project where you know we sat down and we said okay what do we have left right and so the organizational skills not not organizational in the sense of you know how do we arrange teams but how do we arrange work how do we organize code how do we organize thought processes how do we think about stuff right and, you know, a lot of times I think this gets missed as well. You know, I think agile development practices and stuff kind of fall into this camp. Right. And so it, it kind of it goes agile development kind of falls into people and organizational, I think. But, you know, how do we put our work together so it gets done? How do we put together our processes so stuff happens in the right way? How do we pull this stuff together? Right. And so some of the stuff I push up to my boss because I feel like that's the appropriate place for those decisions to get made. Right. And so I think about it and then I ask him to make the decision. Right. Um, and sometimes I think about it and I make a recommendation. Right. So one example of this with the current project is they wanted to launch tomorrow. Right. And so on Thursday or Friday, I said, Hey, look, one thing 
that I think we need to do is we need to get the business people involved and we need to do just a walkthrough of the entire uh, process. We're putting together basically a, a data collection process, right? We need to go walk through the data collection process front to back, right? From, you know, basically sign up and start filling in data all the way through the process and make sure it all works front to back with them involved so that they can give feedback, so the QA can give feedback, so that we can give feedback, so that you can give, right? So that everybody who's involved in this can basically say, hey, you know, this this is what we expect to see. And so we did. That's what we did yesterday, right? Because I was like, look, you want to release on the 3rd of June? So we should do this on the 1st of June. And that gives us the, you know, the rest of the 1st and the 2nd and, you know, most of the day on the 3rd until we release, right, to figure out any other issues that are there, right? And then, you know, any other outstanding issues that come up, right, we can handle those on the second before we release on the third. And at this point, we're just kind of killing minor bugs. But, you know, at the same time, we did that and we caught a handful of things where it's like, oh, no, we don't expect it to behave like this. We do expect it to behave like that, right? And it was very, very fruitful, right? And just thinking about problems and thinking about problems in that way. And then we sat down and we said, okay, well, we're going to organize the work in this way, right? And, you know, we're going to organize the work so that, you know, this stuff flows to QA in this way. And, you know, this stuff flows to development in this way. And it flows up to the staging setup in this way, right? And so we, we made sure that we knew what the plan was so that today and tomorrow we know what the plan is as we move forward. And our ability from the development standpoint to give them feedback from that standpoint just really makes it really helpful because then we can tell them what to expect from us, right? And that's down to the people skills is how we communicate that. But the organizational skills on how we organize the work makes it a whole lot easier on them because then they, like I said, they know what to expect. They know what's coming from us instead of saying, well, whatever you want. And then we show up tomorrow and say, well, it's not done. It's not ready, right? The sooner we can tell them this is how the work process is going to go and this is how we expect to see things and have that be as accurate as possible, the better off everybody is, right? Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. And, you know, and so some of that comes down to our technical ability, but most of that comes down to, you know, our ability to look at the problems, objectively analyze them, figure out what the work process looks like, and then use our people skills to communicate it. And so it's all of those skills, right? And if you, if you have those skills and you can build those skills, then that works, right? And then the rest of it is, is, you know, the, the relationships, right? Like I said before, so how do I communicate? Who do I communicate to? Who am I building relationships with? Who am I building relationships with naturally as a part of my job function, right? So, you know, the project manager, my boss, my boss's boss, um, you know, these are all people I talk to, people on the other, on the other dev teams, people I'm doing code reviews for, um, you know, all those people are people that I'm communicating on a fairly regular basis, um, you know, just kind of works out. 
Um, I tend to also like to organize just kind of uh, lunches with, you know, people within the org chart that, you know, are kind of adjacent to me, but aren't really, you know, people that I interact with on a regular basis. So, you know, we've gone and gotten sushi, we've gone and gotten, you know, whatever food, um, you know, it got a little bit tricky there for a while because my wife started working at the elementary school where my kids go to. And so Friday was the only day I could go because my older kids, because <laughs> of COVID, honestly, my older kids didn't have school on Friday. And so they could be here with my five-year-old. Um, and so I didn't have to take her with me to lunch, which was kind of the big uh, killer there, you know, because she didn't have preschool on Friday. Um, so, you know, but we worked that out, right? So on Fridays I would organize a lunch and we'd all go, right? And so I could sit and chat with people that I didn't get to chat with on a regular basis, right? Um, you know, they've organized some lunch and learns, um, you know, with kind of the dev group, you know, in, in our office here. Um, even though we're all working from home, that's the other thing is we're all working from home. So we don't see each other at an office. Um, I really like working from home. I'm not complaining, but that, that's another um, thing, right? Um, they have other organized meetings, you know, that are kind of inner office or intra office, you know, so going to those and kind of just poking my head up and asking questions and things like that uh, helps build relationships. Um, offering to help other organizational units where I can, um, that also helps build relationships. But, you know, just being seen, right? And, and you know, building those relationships that way. Um, this is kind of where things get into the area where I'm starting to encourage people to do the content creation, right? So especially the podcasts, right? Um, you can do this some with YouTube. It's a little less natural with blogs, I will say, right? I mean, if you have like a guest pro post with, from uh, another person who wants to write a blog post on your blog, you can do that, but they tend to just ship you the finished project product, right? Um, with uh, YouTube and with podcasts that you can do an interview where you can do kind of a uh, joint venture style or something like that, where you're both on the same call and, and you can build a relationship, right? And so you can, you can kind of collaborate beforehand, figure out what you're going to talk about. So you have some back and forth there, you do the interview and you have a nice exchange, you chat afterward. Um, and you know, and you can build some rapport, and so that's really nice building relationships outside of your company, right? And so um, it's funny because people um, are impressed with the Rolodex that I have after podcasting for 13 years. But the reality is, is that I just had them on my show, right? Um, or I had them on one of the other shows, right? I mean, some of them I've never actually talked to. They're on my Rolodex because they were on one of the other shows on devchat.tv and so I have their email address, right? Because we had to communicate with them. And so, you know, I reach out and I'm like, Hey, remember when you were on this show? And they're like, Oh yeah. You know? And so we, we have that back and forth. And so anyway, um, it's just, it's just interesting, you know, how, how that interplay works. Right. But, but that's how that works. And then as you gain listeners and people send people your way, then you also gain the recognition. Right. Um, the other thing is, is if you go and you solve a major problem for, um, a large enough group of people, then you get recognition, right? Um, one of the biggest ways that people neglect to solve or to gain recognition is by documenting stuff, especially if it's stuff that people need documented, right? That they need answers to on a regular basis. 
So to give you an idea, um, a lot of the bigger open source projects, um, the people that are out there writing the tutorials, um, making the videos, you know, showing people how to use it and stuff like that, that is a tremendous way to build some recognition. And the other thing is, is then people want to get to know you and you can build relationships off of it anyway. And so as you work the one and then the other, you, you really start to solve that problem. Another one that is also interesting to do is the testing, right? Um, some of the open source projects, people don't want to write the tests, right? And so if you get in and you follow behind and get some of the tests written or triage some of the issues on GitHub, you know, these are kind of some of the thankless jobs, but it builds relationships with the bigger names on there who don't want to go and do that work, right? And then as you build relationships with them, then what happens is you can start to get recognition from them. And in turn, you can parlay that into relationships with other people. Um, the documentation really is a terrific way to get some of that recognition, though, because you can put your name on it, right? Um, it's a little harder to do with triaging bugs and things like that because you're effectively closing the tickets. And so you're closing the things with your name on it. But you get the idea, right? Um, blog posts, that will get you recognition. Um, podcasts, people get to hear your voice. You can, the, the other thing is, is like with the podcast, you can kind of hear the inflection in my voice. You can hear me talk. You can hear the emotion. You can hear where I'm, you know, where I'm speaking and stuff like that. You know, with the videos, you can see me, you can see my, you know, where I'm moving my head, moving my hands and, you know, whatever as, as I talk and things like that. Right. And so you can kind of get a feel for who I am with it. And you can get some of that, that recognition and rapport that way. The other thing with podcasts, you know, since I'm talking about it, is that I have, I, I've had people come and talk to me and basically say, you know, that I've never met, right? Personally, you know, they've listened to the podcast, they've come to me and said, essentially, I feel like I know you, right? And it's because I talk about myself some, right? Or I've talked about stuff that I'm interested in. And so, you know, over the years, they've kind of compiled this idea of who I am in their head. And so then they show up and they chat with me and they, you know, oh, yeah, you know, how the, the this go or the that go, right? You know, and so I talk about, oh, I, you know, run a marathon or I, you know, uh, do this or do that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm training for this, right? I'm training for a marathon. I'm running a marathon on Saturday, um, you know, and so they get, you know, they get this idea of who I am in, in their head, right? And so they'll come and they'll chat with me about stuff um, and feel like they know who I am, right? And then I get to know them. And so I can build relationships off of that, you know? And so that blends the recognition and, and relationship end of things, right? You can do that through email. You can do that through all kinds of stuff. But the, the, the reality is, is that that's how that works, right? And so then you see these people that, um, I've talked to people and they kind of call them like, uh, I, I call them dev influencers, but, you know, I've heard people call them like uh, dev royalty or, you know, uh, dev celebrities or whatever, right? You know, and so you've got people that are selling, uh, courses like Wes Boss or Kent Dodds or some of these other guys, right? Um, you know, or, you know, people that have made a bazillion uh, Pluralsight courses like John Sanmez, right? And essentially, you know, they just kind of go all in on this stuff. Uh, I think John Papa is another one of these people, right? And, and they're kind of out there and they're ubiquitous. But the thing is, is they started out just doing one thing. And, you know, so I think John Papa wrote a handful of books. He made a bunch of Pluralsight courses. And, you know, and now he, you know, he blogs a bunch and he does a bunch of the DevRel stuff for Microsoft, right? Um, showed up on Adventures in Angular for a while and just things like that, right? He's doing uh, WebRush, which was originally, 
JavaScript. Uh, wow, what, what do they call it? Anyway, but he had he had a podcast, right? He still has a podcast. Um, but you've got some of these other guys, right? That you know they kind of came up through some of these same ranks, right? Um, and so as you as you build your your name and build your your notoriety up through you know um, rec, uh, relationships and recognition, and you build your skills, you know, and show your skills off, it becomes a whole lot easier, right? Because then you go back and you're like, okay, well, I want to work for whoever, right? Google or Microsoft or whatever, right? They already know who you are and they know that you have the skills. And so it's low risk for them, right? But it, it takes all three. It's not just, oh, well, you know, let's just upload your brain and then we know you know the stuff, right? No, it doesn't work that way. They can't just upload your brain and then say, oh, you scale, you score 99 on the .NET knowledge. It doesn't work, right? They have to know that you know it and they have to know that they're going to be able to get whatever output they want from you, right? And so they, they, they're going to leverage some of the relationships. They're going to leverage some of the, the um, notoriety or some of the uh, recognition that you have, right? And so if you've been speaking at the conferences, you've got relationships with people that they know, right? And, you know, they can see that you have the knowledge, right? And then you show up and you demonstrate that you've got the people skills to be able to work well on the team that they want you on. And you can solve some of the problems that they have. And you've got the requisite knowledge to either be able to learn the things that they need you to know, or you already know the things that they need you to know. That's when they hire you, right? But you've got all this other stuff pulling for you, right? Because you're well-known or because they can go and they can easily verify that you're speaking or showing up in the places that demonstrate that you have the knowledge that they need you to have, or because they can go talk to somebody that, um, that they trust that can tell them that, that you already know this stuff. That's how you get what you want. That's how you get where you want to go. Right? So back to that desired situation or desired outcome, right? The, the big hurdle is who do you have to know, right? Who do they know? Who do they trust? that can tell them that you're the right person? And then how do you convince them that you're the right person, right? How do you get out there in front of enough people, enough of the right people to build enough of a reputation, build enough rep, uh, recognition, right? To, to just be recognized as an expert in whatever it is they wanna hire you for, right? And then how do you build the skills so that you can back that up, so that you, you see, so that you can go out there and prove it over and over again to build that reputation in the first place, right? How do you go out there and do the work to, you know, to basically uh, garner enough chips to go cash in on that at the conference, on, on the open source, on social media, on podcasts, on on video, right? That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about going out and being a content creator just to be a content creator so you can prove that you're good enough. What we're talking about is what's that outcome? Who are the people? What are the platforms? And what are the skills so that you can go out there and show that you've got what it takes so that somebody, when they get your resume, will go, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. You want to come in for a formality interview? Okay, you're hired. I mean, that's effectively what happened when 
uh, things started getting hard at devchat.tv and I needed a job. And I, I mean, I, I went to my community, right? I had a relationship. I had a relationship with uh, my friend who worked for this company, very big company. Um, I showed up. The people who interviewed me knew who I was. They knew who I was for Movie Rogues, right? So did they know I had the skills? Yep, they knew I had the skills. My friend knew I had the skills because I had hired him twice. I had helped him get hired another time. And we had worked together a bunch of times. He knew I could do it. They knew I could do it because they listened to me on the podcast. They listened to me talk about all kinds of the stuff that they needed to hire me for. So I had the relationship. I had the reputation. I had the skills. They'd heard me talk over and over and over again about how I had the skills and tell stories about how I had done all the stuff that they wanted me to do. So at the end of the day, the interview was a formality because I had already done the interview over and over and over again on the podcast. So I showed up. We chatted about the podcast, told war stories about the podcast, told war stories about building apps. They asked me when I could start. I put them off for three months and then they still hired me. And that's just the reality, right? And now I'm looking at doing some some other stuff, right? And people are coming and asking me to help them start their podcasts and build their relationships and reputations and help them get the skills so that they can get what they want. And why are they doing that? Why? Because they know I have the skills, right? Again, they've seen me do it with the podcasts, with, with the development, with all the stuff, right? They know I can do it. I, ha- I have a reputation for doing it. I've had people come to me and have me help them start their podcast in the past. I have a reputation, right? I have relationships. I have relationships with people who have come to me, and, and right? And so all of it. I have relationships with people in the podcast community, relationships with people in the programming community, right? So this is rocket science. I've actually helped people through my relationships right? Get the people they want on their shows. So at the end of the day, you know, it's working for them, right? And so I'm I'm using all of this stuff to help other people build their shows and build their skills, build their reputations, build their relationships and get what they want, right? And, and, and I have, I have some of the keys and they're doing the work. And, and that's what it takes, right? And so, it, again, it's not rocket science, but, you know, it, again, I'm getting what I want because I have the skills, I have the reputation, and I have the relationships. And that's what you need. Hey, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? 
And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. And so if you're looking to kind of go to the next stage of your career, and it could be as simple as getting a raise, it could be as complicated as becoming a coach or building courses or both, or, you know, becoming a speaker or whatever, right? Um, I can help you build the skills. I can help you build the relationships. I can help you build the reputation and become well-known so that you can get whatever it is you want. And if you're interested, just go to devinfluencers.com slash apply, fill in the little form. Let me know who you are. I am happy to help you out. And uh, yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of the framework. And then I have a whole framework that'll walk you through set of your podcast. It'll help you build skills. It'll help you find the right people to help you out. It'll help you build the relationships. We'll help you, um, you know, build your audience. You know, that, that uh, reputation that, what was the word I was using instead of reputation? Uh, recognition. It'll help you build the recognition that you need in order to get what you want. It's all about the SRR, baby. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, devinfluencers.com slash apply. Um, I also have the podcast, devinfluencers.com slash podcast. And uh, until next time, folks, max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.